Hey you. Yeah. You. You didn't stumble here by chance, so let's talk. My name is Tyann, but a lot of people call me Taj, and I'm most known for my loud New York personality and my unfiltered opinions. The Melanated Mindset is a safe space for unpopular opinions and heated debates amongst a diverse melting pot of those of us that classify as a melanated millennial. And I don't care if you got a lot of melanin, just a little bit of melanin, or hell, you just melanated by association. Everybody is welcome. Now, I can't speak for y'all, but after seeing what being an adult is really about, nah, I got some things to say. And I know y'all do too. So let's talk about it. Because what's really going on? What is up, y'all? And welcome back to episode two of the Melanated Mindset. For those of you guys that are listening to episode one, welcome back. For those of you that haven't, you definitely should pause this one and go back, listen to it, find out who I am, what this is, and what can you expect to get out of this podcast. Alright, so we're going to jump right into it. I want to start every episode with a complaint of the week because it's Monday. And who doesn't have something to complain about on a Monday, right? So my complaint for this week is the fact that I am still stuck in the house, y'all. I know that most of y'all that are listening to this are probably back in the States living our best life. And let me tell you, some of us jealous as hell because I wish that I could be outside the way y'all are outside. Instead, I am inside, very much inside. I have been very much inside throughout this entire pandemic. But I miss outside. And I didn't think I would, but here I am. So that is my complaint of the week. It's probably honestly going to be my complaint of the week for a couple weeks. Until they open up outside. For those of you guys that don't know, I do currently live in Italy. So Europe is not playing with this pandemic they haven't been since the beginning and it's draining being in the house this much so i hope y'all enjoyed y'all week outside i wish it could have been me but i'm not just going to be negative i do want to also have a highlight of the week with that being said my highlight of the week is i accomplished something really really big yesterday Yesterday was also my husband's birthday. Babe, shout out to you. But I accomplished something super big that I'm not going to talk about just yet because it's not all the way done and I don't want to jinx it. It was hard enough to get to that point, but it was a personal goal that I set for myself when the new year started and I am so happy that I achieved it. It, sooner than I anticipated on top of that, which is just amazing. But that was my highlight of the week. All right, we're going to jump right into what's next. Next, we're going to get into what I'm going to call the Fendi fact of the day. All right, we're not just going to be on here complaining, chatting, popping shit. I want to actually be trying to spread some type of positive knowledge and information i want you guys to get something back from this i don't I, like i said in the first episode i really don't want to just be up here talking i want us to be a conversation can't be a conversation if you don't get nothing out of it right did you guys know that one in every eight women suffer from infertility 
That is a Fendi fact. And I know that I jumped off the deep end there. So with that being said, I'm going to let this be my official trigger warning. If the topic of fertility or infertility is a touchy subject for you, this might not be the episode that you want to listen to right away. I do eventually hope that you come back and listen to it because I want you to know you're not alone. There are some of us that the topic makes our skin crawl. And for important reasons, jumping right into today's topic, I want to talk to you guys actually about my personal fertility journey because like I said in the first episode, anything that has the word journey attached to it is going to genuinely run you through the ringer. And that is an understatement when I'm talking about my fertility journey. Let me not confuse y'all. Let me take you guys back to the beginning. So my beginning would have to be when I was about 16 years old, I actually put myself on birth control just because I knew I was going away to college and, you know, I was a realistic, responsible teenager. I knew what it was. So I actually made the mature decision to put myself on birth control just as a precautious measure because that's what you do, right? When you don't want to get pregnant. Yes, condoms work. We know condoms work. But it's just what we're taught, right? You go get on birth control to kind of keep the odds kind of sort of in your favor, so to speak. I actually had my god sister get me birth control or she ended she gave me her birth control. I'm not really sure. Don't be like me. Don't do that. That's not safe. Need birth control. Go to your physician. Go to a doctor for it. I don't know what happened, how my mom ended up finding the birth control, but she ended up finding it. And I literally just explained to her, like, Mom, I just want to be mature. I just want to be adult. And I think she was just so shocked at the fact that I was really being mature about it that she actually was a lot. She took that conversation a lot cooler than I thought. Like, I thought I would be in trouble, like... For those of y'all don't know, my mom is Panamanian, my father's Haitian, so I grew up in a West Indian household, and listen, sex is as taboo as it comes. So I thought she was going to spaz, whether I was in 11, 12, grown, I just knew she was going to spaz, and she didn't. So shout out to you, mom, for handling that very well. But my mom also knew the child that she raised, and she knew that I would be way too irresponsible and way too forgetful to remember to take a pill every day because that's what the birth control that my god sister got for me they were pills so my mom ended up actually making an appointment for me at Planned Parenthood to get the Depavera shot which is a birth control shot you only have to get every three months so with me going off to college soon it was just perfect like I wouldn't have to remember to take it every day and I think both of us thought that we were making the best decision for me you know so I ended up getting the shot Ended up being on the shop my whole senior year of high school up until college. Mind you, the entire time that I've been, from the time I got my first shot, I never had a menstrual cycle after that. Like, ever. That's one of the side effects. For some people, they get a super long menstrual. I was just one of those people that didn't get one at all. And you know, as a senior in high school, about to be a freshman in college, y'all couldn't tell me nothing. The girl was lit, okay? I was having fun. 
I didn't care. I just knew I wasn't going to get pregnant. Like, I just, I was good. Like, I can't get pregnant. I don't got a period. Like, what? This is the life. As you guys know, I ended up getting married. And once I got married, our first duty station was in North Carolina. So after I left college, I moved to North Carolina. And my last Depo-Vera shot was right before I left college. So that had to be maybe in 2014. I really thought this was the life. And then we end up moving to Hawaii, where I met one of my best friends. And we, I don't even remember how the topic of fertility or anything came up, but it did. And I was just like, oh yeah, you know, I don't get a period. Mind you guys, my last shot was in 2014. It is now 2016 that I have touched two years since I got a shot. And still in those two years, no menstrual cycle. Meanwhile, in those two years, I'm definitely still living my best life because what? Who doesn't not want a period? I just knew I was lit. But she was just like, girl, what do you mean you don't get a period? And I was like, yeah, I don't get a period. She's like, that's not healthy. Like, you need to be getting a period. And in my head, I knew it wasn't healthy, but I just thought this was the birth control running its course. Like, it has to take time to get out of my system. Mind you, it's been two years since I've been off. I wasn't even on it for two years and it's now two years that I've been off and still mm, something's not right on the inside so I don't know what about that conversation with her just kind of struck my insides a little bit but she told me to schedule a doctor's appointment and just make sure everything was okay because in that time in those two years time that I've been off depot obviously me and my husband were not using protection but I had never had a pregnancy scare, like, ever. We were both just living our best life. I didn't have a cycle. I wasn't getting pregnant. Like, it was perfect for two young kids that just got married. Like, we didn't even think anything of it. But I took her advice, and I ended up scheduling a doctor's appointment and pretty much telling my doctor, like, hey, can you just make sure everything is okay? Like, I'm not trying to get pregnant right now because I wasn't at the time, but... You know, when I do want to get pregnant, I just want to make sure that I can, make sure everything is okay. And because my husband's in the military and because we have military insurance, pretty much the doctor told me, like, they can't do anything for me unless I tell them that I have been trying to get pregnant for at least a year. And at the time, I was just like, okay, whatever, fine, whatever. Like, I'm not even tripping. I didn't want to really do this anyway, so I'm out. And I just left, and that was the end of that. Now a year has gone by, and I'm like, hmm, still no menstrual cycle. Still no pregnancy scare. We're now on year three of me being off of birth control, and something's still not right. I'm like, okay. And I tell me and Malik, we sit down and we talk about it, and I'm like, babe, well, the doctor said that they can't help me unless I tell them that we're trying to get pregnant right now. So then we had to sit down and have that conversation like, okay, this might open up the floodgates. Like, are we trying to get pregnant right now? And we kind of just dis decided, like, okay, yeah, fine. Like, why not? You know, like, I was working. He had a stable job. Like, we were good. We knew we wanted kids. Like, we don't want. We didn't want to start too late. 
So we were just like, fine, we'll just tell the doctor that we've been trying. Mind you, it's been a year since that first initial doctor's appointment. So I was like, okay, it's been about a year. So I go back, tell my doctor, hey, last time I was here was a year ago, remember? And me and my husband, we've been trying to get pregnant in that year and nothing's happening. Miraculously, oh, okay, I'll put in a referral for you to go and get some tests done. And I was like, okay, perfect. This is exactly what I wanted. Just get, get the test done, find out if anything's wrong. If nothing's wrong, we're good. When I'm ready to get pregnant, I guess it'll just happen. And we'll go from there. That's honestly what I was thinking. That's honestly what I was anticipating. She puts in the referral. I ended up going to the hospital and getting an ultrasound done. And mind you, they have the screen turned away from you. So I was just like, okay, like this is whatever. And this is my first time ever having an ultrasound, mind you. It was a vaginal ultrasound. So I'm just like, whoa, this is a lot. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not even really trying to have a baby right now. This is crazy, but all right, whatever. Then they just send me home after that. And I'm like, okay. Then a doctor calls and is like, okay, we're going to schedule an HCG test. I'm not even going to lie to y'all and pretend like I remember what it means because I know it's a really long word, but you guys can just look it up. She told me where I was going to come in and take an HCG test. And that's pretty much where they shoot dye up into your cervix and they literally look at an x-ray machine at the same time to see if the dye will come out of both of your fallopian tubes. And if the dye obviously doesn't come out, then one of your tubes is blocked. And there goes probably the reason why you're not getting pregnant. So I did the test. And mind you, while they're doing the test, I'm like, does everything look okay? And the doctor's like, mm, yeah, we'll just, you know, like, they, you know how they brush you off. They don't really say yes, but they don't really say say no. So at the end, when he's done, he was like, oh, okay, yep, you know, your tubes are open. Everything looks good. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But can you tell me why I don't have a cycle? Can you tell me why I haven't had any pregnancy scares in three years? Like, And he's just like, oh, you know, like I'm not qualified to tell you that. Da, 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 da. You just got to wait for the doctor to call you back with the results from the ultrasound. Because I still hadn't gotten those back yet. At this point, I had just gotten these immediate HCG results where he just told me my tubes weren't blocked. So me and my best friend and our husbands, we go on vacation. We go to Vegas. We're having the time of our life. We're literally in line to get on like one of the zipline things and I get a call and it looks like it's from the doctor's office. So I step out of line and I answer the phone call and it's my doctor, the original one that brushed me off that said I needed to be trying for a year. So she's like, yeah, I got the results back from your ultrasound and that coupled with your HCG, you actually have cysts on your ovaries. Like you have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, or better known as PCOS. And that explains why you haven't had a cycle. That explains why you're having trouble getting pregnant, etc., etc. And she pretty much just told me, like, it's going to be a challenge for me to get pregnant. And that if I did want children in a reasonable amount of time, that we needed to start now. So she should she put in a prescription for me. And I was like, what? Mind y'all, I'm like four wet willy drinks in, in Vegas in the middle of this beautiful vacation. And I just got a phone call that it's going to be hard for me to have children. And mind y'all, I am 21 at the time. And I'm just like, 
whoa. Like, it was, it was like the Cinderella girl dream being literally snatched away from my imagination. Not even my hand. Literally just from my imagination. And it was, it was, it, it was just like gut-wrenching. That's probably the best way that I can describe it. It just literally felt like somebody pulled the rug under me. Because being a mom is something that I always knew I wanted to do. I never thought I was ready to do it. I didn't know when it would happen. But having kids is something that I definitely knew that I always wanted. So to hear at 21 that that was going to be hard, was it was rough. Especially because... This was the first time I had ever even heard of PCOS. Like, I never heard the term before. This I never knew anybody personally that struggled to get pregnant. Like, I knew none of this. I got all of this information on that phone call in line in Vegas. Like, all of the information to start all of my research came from the doctor. I was completely blindsided. And I just remember being so down and depressed and having to pretend like I was okay for the rest of that vacation. When in fact I wasn't. And it's kind of, it's even tough to think about now. Even now being on the other side and not even really being on the other side because I still have PCOS. It Just because you get pregnant doesn't mean it goes away. Like I have Xavion and he's perfectly healthy, but it is still going to be hard for me to conceive all of my children because of the cysts on my ovaries. And it wasn't until I found out that I had it and started doing research that I realized it is so much more common, especially in the black community, than people talk about. And I just remember being so hurt, like, damn, this many people have this and everybody's just and here I am sad and depressed thinking I'm the only one there are girls that were diagnosed with PCOS at like 16 and for some of them the cysts are so bad they have to get them surgically removed it it's it's scary and it's even scarier when you think it's only happening to you because nobody's talking about it and that that is really what I want the melanated mindset to be a place for us to have these type of uncomfortable conversations because it has taken a lot for me to get up on here, sit in front of this mic and talk about literally the most vulnerable time in my life. But I feel like I have to because I felt so alone, like nobody was going to understand who was I going to who was going to relate to me. Here I was, I was already young and married. Now I'm young and married and struggling to get pregnant. Like, I just keep narrowing myself down, knocking myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, becoming more and more of an outcast, or at least that's how I felt. Because I literally knew nobody that was having these problems. Or I probably did, they just didn't talk about it. And it's not till I told my mom and I was like crying to my mom, like, mom, it's going to be hard for me to have kids. You know, the doctor said I have PCOS. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, the doctors told me I had that too. And I remember being so mad at her because I was like, you knew this? Like, why isn't this something that I know? Like, you know, you know the people in your family who got high blood pressure, who got, you know, diabetes or cancer. Like, why don't I know that? 
this is something that you had, especially if it might be genetic. Like, you didn't think that was important to mention to me. And it was just, oh, it's, and I know I can't be the only person that was in that predicament. But, you know, that's just how it is in our community. Everybody just fights their silent battles and covers their battle wounds and keeps it pushing because that's what we've been conditioned to think, you know? We have to prevail through everything. We can't be ver- we can't be vulnerable. We think that we have to be these superhuman beings when we are just human beings, you know? And it was it was rough. And then someone I know shortly after was diagnosed with the exact same thing. And it was just surreal because it was just like, damn, not only is this happening to me, but this is really happening to other black women. Like women my age, like this is why aren't more people talking about this? Why isn't this something that they're spreading awareness on? You know, like they push cancer and diabetes and all of that. Like the the main diseases that the black community, like we know about those, but why don't we know about these? The ones that literally are affecting women repopulating the earth. I think that's just as important to learn about in school, no? And my doctor ended up writing me a prescription for a medication called metformin, which I'm not going to act like I know what it does, but it was supposed to help get me pregnant. It's supposed to help ovulate, jumpstart things. Moral of the story, the medication wasn't working. I still wasn't getting pregnant. So at this point, me and Malik are like, oh, okay, we need to actually actively start trying to have a baby now if we want to have one when we want to have one. You know, like this is now a a thing. We can't just, okay, we're ready to have a baby. Let's try to get pregnant this month. Boom, get pregnant. That is not our reality. This is something that we have to work for now. This is something that we have to sprinkle some science into And it's just not what neither one of us was expecting, but here we are. So we were kind of, you know, just forced to roll with the punches. Like, okay, I I guess we're trying to have a baby now. And literally, that is as fast as it happened. So the medication didn't work. So the next step was my doctor recommending us to do an IUI. And I believe an IUI stands for uterine insemination, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But it's not IVF. It's the step before IVF. So it literally involves your doc, uh, your spouse or partner giving a sperm sample. They literally, I don't know, turkey base the sample. And they turkey based you on the table. Literally, it's just that simple. IVF is when they actually take the sperm sample and the egg retrieve it from both of you and then you know they try to make the baby and then they reinserted it back into the mom y'all I'm not y'all get the point so this was a less invasive and less expensive step than IVF IVF is definitely the last resort and in Hawaii we recruited $30,000 to do one round of IVF and We didn't have $30,000 just laying around. But we did have $200 for an IUI. So that's what we did. 
We did the IUI, and the first one was unsuccessful. So I literally actually was artificially inseminated. Had to wait two weeks to take a pregnancy test. That pregnancy test came up negative. And that was, it was another gut wrench. So it was bad enough finding out that I had infertility issues. But to go through all of the science and y'all, the IUI process involved me being on meds. It involved me waking up at like 3 o'clock in the morning to have to give myself a shot in the stomach and then having to go to the doctor like within 12 hours or something like that so that they could see the egg. Like it was when you have to incorporate science into baby making, let me tell you, it takes the fun out of baby making. There's nothing fun about getting a needle in your belly. There's nothing fun about your partner having to jizz in a cup. It's there's it's just it almost feels inhumane. It just it feels so wrong, but if that's what you have to do to get a baby, then it's just what you have to sucker up to do, you know? Like that's what we told ourselves like this is what we have to do. We wanted children that bad that we were willing to do that. And for it to not work the first time was just, it was rough. But we were just like, okay. We started looking up the statistics like, okay, most people, it doesn't work on the first time. So we were like, okay, cool. We'll do it again. Paid another $200. Gave another sperm sample. Did another shot in the stomach. Did another insemination. Waited another two weeks. Took another pregnancy test. Just for it to come back negative. And y'all, I think I lost it. Like, not lost it like crazy, angry, started screaming. But like, after that, Kiana and Malik can tell you, I'm a person that loves sunlight to be outside Y'all, I was in the house. So the way I'm in the house now, back to my complaint of the week. Oh, I was really in the house then. Mind you, I live in Hawaii, and I'm in the house with the shutters closed in the dark under the bed. Because what what am I doing? What is all of this for? If I can't have kids, then what am I doing? That means I'm. It's just it's just me. It's just us. You know, there's nothing after us. There's there's no one to carry on, you know, our legacies, our dreams. And it was, it was, I don't even have a word for that. But it was probably the lowest I felt in this whole process. And we just decided that we were going to take a break from trying because trying to get pregnant is such an it's a physical toll on your body all the different medications your hormones are through the roof all these gmo synthetic hormones that you're putting in your body like mind y'all i'm still not getting a cycle on my own yet the doctor is now prescribing me pills purposely just to give me a period every month and it's like i just felt so i was on so many medications and I was just like, I don't want any more of these drugs in my body. Because I, that's what got me in this predicament in the first place, in my opinion. I feel like had I not gotten on the depot shot, my story may have been different. But who knows? 
And that's not to say that I blame my mom for picking the shot, nothing like that. Because we honestly, both of us, we thought we were doing what was best for me. We just didn't expect it to turn this way. I didn't expect it to turn this way. So we took a break from trying and we just were like, whatever. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Then we moved to Italy and we decide, you know what? All right, it's been a couple months. We've settled from the move. We got all of our traveling out. Let's start trying again. Let's try again. So I tell my new doctor here, okay, same thing. She prescribes me metformin again, the exact same medicine my last doctor gave me, but this time she gives me a higher dosage. And y'all, the higher dosage, I could tell it was a higher dosage. It just, it's something about those synthetic hormones that you just feel like crap. You just, everything feels like overload. It just wasn't a good feeling. So the meds did not make me feel good at all. But I still took them because we wanted a family. But then the meds weren't working. And we still weren't getting pregnant. And mind you, guys, Malik is in the army. He is gone a lot. So we don't have much time to try. And then, mind you, I still was not getting a cycle on my own. It is now 2019, and I have not had a cycle since before I got the shot in 2014. And in that time, I've been on all other type of medications. And I got to a point where once I wasn't getting pregnant, I think I took my last negative pregnancy test. And it's just something about having hope that it's going to come back positive, even when you know it's not. You give yourself the littlest bit of faint hope. And then the rug gets pulled right under you, from under you, when it comes back negative. So I think I took my last negative pregnancy test and I was just like, fuck it. I am done. I don't have anything left in me to give this. It's just not in our cards to have kids. It, we, I'm going to be the traveling auntie. That's just what it is. That's just who we are. We're the couple with no kids. And it, I don't know, I can't speak for Malik to say if he honestly accepted that. But y'all, when I say I honestly accepted that, I'm dead ass serious. Because my best friend came to Italy to visit for my birthday. And you can't take metformin while you drink alcohol. It's obviously not recommended. So I knew when my best friend came, she was going to be here for like three weeks, I think. I knew we was going to be drinking like fishes. From the time she came to the time she left. So I was like, let me be responsible. I'm obviously not going to take the meds knowing that I'm going to drink. So I just stopped taking the medication for the month of August. Literally. And I told myself, all right, once she leave and I sober up my liver a little bit, I'm going to start taking the meds again. So that's what I did. She came. She was here. I did not take the meds for the whole month of August, y'all. She left at the very end of August. I took the pill one time, y'all, no lie, one time. This is after Labor Day weekend, so this is now the beginning of September. I took the pill one time, and when I tell y'all, it was like my first time taking it all over again. I just felt like crap. It, I, it was just, I had cramps. I was irritable. It was just like 
PMS times 10 all at once. It was so intense. I had migraines and I don't even get migraines. And I was just like, yeah, that's my sign. I'm officially done. I'm not taking this medicine no more. I'm no for real, for real this time. I, I'm done. I'm done trying to have baby. That was the first week of September, literally right after Labor Day weekend, because that's when me and Malik went to Greece. So my best friend came. She left three weeks later. The weekend after she left, me and Malik went to Greece, came back from Greece. I took the pill, one pill, never took a pill again. Fast forward to the end of September now. I told myself I was going to get in shape and I was going to really start working out. I was going to start drinking more water. I got a new job, a working a new shift where it was perfect for me to go to the gym. So I go to the gym and I'm one day getting it on the elliptical, y'all. And I'm just like, damn, my boobs hurt. Mind you, I had already been working out in the gym for like a good two weeks before this. I had been drinking more water. Malik is gone, by the way. Malik is somewhere training. So I'm home by myself really getting to it, y'all. Going to work, going to the gym. Like, I'm doing a damn thing. And I'm at the gym like, yo, my boobs hurt on this elliptical. And I don't know if anybody's ever been on an elliptical, especially if you got big boobs. But them things jump, and they already hurt. But mine were, like, hurting, hurting. And I was just like, I got to go home. Like, I'm done working out. Like, y'all, I literally stopped my workout and went home after that. And then when I went home, I had just enough time to take a nap before work. And I took a nap. And I was just like, y'all, I done took a nap every day this week that I came home from work. Like, I'm so tired. But mind you guys, I started a new shift where I was going to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. Literally getting off at 7.30. Going to the gym. Going back to work later at the day. Like, mind you, I'm thinking, like... I'm tired because of this new work shift. I'm tired because I'm in the gym. Then I'm thinking like my boobs hurt because my chest just sore because I've been in the gym. And I'm just peeing a lot because I've been drinking more water because I've been at the gym. And I don't know what made me, when I woke up from that nap, to go to work. I was like, after I I get home from work, I'm going to go buy a pregnancy test. I don't know why I'm about to torture myself again, but here I am. I'm going to just go buy the goddamn pregnancy test because I was actually about to be out of wine. So I was like, you know what? I'll be responsible. Go buy the pregnancy test. Take the pregnancy test before I go stock up on wine for the weekend. Y'all, worst thing I did because I should have went and got the wine first. So I could have got some more damn wine. But that's not the point. I went, got the pregnancy test, came home. And this was like Thursday too, y'all. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take it till Sunday. Because I just knew I was going to stock up on my wine, drink my wine, and then get the results. See what it is. I know, not mature, but whatever. Y'all would do it too. But it was just, I I put it in our linen cabinet at the time. And y'all, I just kept walking past the linen closet. And every time I walked past the linen closet, I swear, it was like the pregnancy test was just haunting me. Just me knowing that it was in the house, I just had to pee on it. Like, I literally had, when you're trying to conceive, you develop a very unhealthy addiction to pregnancy tests. And I don't know how to explain it, but anybody who's ever had to actively try to get pregnant knows what I mean. So I just had to pee on it, y'all. And I just had to pee on it. And before I even peed on it, 
something just told me, Tyann, pull out your phone and record yourself. And I'm not going to lie and say that this is the first time that I've done that. I have recorded myself taking pregnancy tests before because what if it was positive? I wanted to catch my live reaction, you know? I just wanted the theatrics of it all. But I hadn't done it in a while in the last couple ones. But something told me for this pregnancy test. Tyann, whip out your phone. So I whip out my phone. Mind you, I'm about to go back to work because I told y'all I go to work in the morning, go to the gym, come home, chill, go back to work later in the afternoon. So this is later on, right before I have to go back to work. I'm in my uniform and I open Snapchat and I'm just recording just for my memories. I didn't even post it. I'm literally just recording myself talking mad shit, y'all. When I say mad shit, I'm talking like, here I am. About to pee on another stick. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself because I know the shit going to come back negative and I don't know why I keep doing this to myself and this is just torture. Like, I'm literally venting to the camera but talking mad shit. Like, this is a waste of my time. I'm about to go to work. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like, what? Literally recording myself. And then I look at the pregnancy test and it had two lines on it. And I almost passed out. And I am very happy to say I did catch my live reaction on camera. And I would never post that video because the cry that came after seeing those two lines is not one that I think I want on the internet to haunt me forever. But I was able to catch my live reaction to seeing that positive pregnancy test because y'all this was my first ever in life live not not just live pregnancy test but my first ever positive pregnancy test mind y'all I told y'all Malik was away at training so I'm like my mind is going a mile a minute mind you I only bought one pack of pregnancy tests because I'm just like Obviously, it's going to be negative, so I'm not going to waste my money. And pregnancy tests are really fucking expensive. Way too fucking expensive, but that's not the point either. So I instantly rip out the second one. Take the second one, and I record as it turns positive. Like, it turned positive instantly, y'all. Like, I was pregnant, pregnant. And I didn't even believe it. And I was mad I only had two. But then, time was up. I had to go back to work. And I'm just like, okay, after I go to work, I'm coming, I'm going to buy more pregnancy tests. Y'all, I went back and bought one pack of every brand of fucking pregnancy tests. Came home, peed on all of them shits, and they all turned positive. I even bought the clear blue digital one. And they say those are like the, you got to be pregnant, pregnant for that to say you're pregnant, you know? But it came back, preg- came back positive. And it was honestly, it was the happiest and scariest day of my life because I was so excited But what they don't tell you about trying to conceive is when you finally get that positive, as excited as you are, you're equally scared. Because obviously something was wrong with me that I couldn't get pregnant. So now I have to worry about, am I going to lose the baby? Is everything going to be okay? Is it going to be healthy? So I actually robbed myself of a lot of joy during my pregnancy because I spent so much time just worrying about if everything was going to be okay and... It just, it really took a toll on me. But it was so worth it. Like, y'all, my fertility journey, 
Y'all, it was a journey. I gave up on that shit so many times. And the one time I really finally said, fuck it, I'm done. was the time that I got pregnant. And I got my Xavion. And I know a lot of y'all may not have gotten y'all happy ending just yet. But that doesn't mean it's not coming. Because I generally didn't think mine was coming. But here I am. Mom to an almost one-year-old. And I still can't believe it every single day. I cannot believe it. But that brings me to my word of the week. I actually talked to my friend and she told me I should call it the word of the week. Since we only meet once a week. But this week's word of the week is going to be patience. Because that's something I didn't have during my fertility journey. I didn't have any. I had no patience. I wanted it now. wanted it when I wanted it. And I know it's a lot of other people out there like that. But we got to have patience. Patience with ourselves and patience with God. Because nothing happens before it's time. Everything happens as it's supposed to happen. So just let it. And I know, trust me when I say I know. That's easier said than done. But it's possible. It is possible. And if you are out there and if you are struggling with infertility, you are not alone. I know that you feel like it, but you're not. There's so many Facebook groups and Instagram pages that you can join. Find you a village because it makes a difference. And I'm wishing baby dust and baby hugs to all of you and to everybody else. If you made it this far, thank you for just rocking with me, kicking with me, chopping it up with me, all of that. I appreciate each and every one of y'all. The love, the support, it never goes unnoticed or unappreciated. And if you want to join the conversation in real time and share your personal thoughts and opinions, make sure you follow me on Instagram at the.melanatedmindset. That's where I'm going to be posting all the polls, the questions, the conversation starters, all of that. That's also going to be where you'll get to hear sneak peeks and previews into the episodes to come. This going to be one hell of a ride. I hope y'all are ready. Until then, I'll see y'all same time, same place next week for hashtag Melanated Monday. And remember, the goal is to be good and do good. Until then, peace y'all.